This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Digital Citizen, episode 215. Is that right? No, 216. Ooh. That was wrong. <laughs> Hi, Frog. I don't know how much, how, how many shows I've done in gimmick. <laughs> I wrote the wrong number on the run sheet, of course. That, that was the problem. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Fro is not at home right now? No, he's in the mental hospital. So if you hear an echo, that's why. It actually doesn't sound too bad. Uh, sounds pretty good. Yeah. So don't sweat the, the that. Hopefully it's okay for everybody. Uh, and hopefully it stays good. We had a little ups and downs mm. in the audio quality a minute ago, but hopefully it'll be all good. Uh... And there's always a chance of knocking, somebody coming in, giving someone a message. Right. So, yeah, it's always a nightmare for Luke to edit shows when I'm at the mental hospital because it's like, you never fucking know. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we get lucky and then sometimes the nurse wants to come in a hundred times. Right, if this is the first time people <laughs> are hearing a, a fro at the hospital show, this isn't the first time we've done this. We've done this... No. I want to say a handful, uh, maybe a handful a little over at this point. It, it's it's kind of strange because I talked to the doctor about it or the psychiatrist about it today. And I said one of the things that uh, keeps me like happy, at least inside here, is like looking forward to doing the podcast, even though I feel like shit inside. I do enjoy doing the podcasts. I have never canceled the show, even though I'm in the in the mental hospital. It's never I, I've said to you, "Hey, I can't fucking do this." We've thought about it, like especially me. I've oh, yeah. gone. Maybe we should like take a break or like you know wait a few days or whatever. But usually, we just try to make the show as easy as possible on those weeks, which we're going to cut out the main topic this week uh, mm -hmm. and just do all the main other stuff of the show, all the juicy bits that most people enjoy the most anyways. Uh, yeah. I had a crazy week as well, driving around. Like I said, I left after the podcast. Straight after we posted it, I started driving, and uh, I was gone for three days and came back and then watched a pay-per-view with Fro, and then uh, now we're doing a early show on a Tuesday because Thanksgiving is this week here in America. So yeah, Turkey Day. 
hopefully the show will be up for people to listen to it on their drive to wherever they're going. Uh, as opposed to a Wednesday show, it would be up the day, you know, on Thanksgiving, so. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, uh, do you have driving songs in your car? Like, do you have, like, a, a playlist of songs you like to especially have in the car that you don't play at home? Uh, I mean, not really anymore. Uh, I guess back in the day, like, when I had, when we used, still use CDs, there were, like, the car CDs right. I had that just stayed in my car, and then the CDs that were, like, for my, uh, not Walkman, what were the CD players called? Uh, you know, the portable CD player. Uh, Discman? Discman, there you go. You remember the, they were, that was the worst product mm. of all time. It never, there wasn't a single yes. Discman in the world that didn't skip, like, I don't think. No. And they had, uh, I remember uh, one of the latest Discman I bought, uh, they had like, one of the futures of Discman was that they had like a five second skip uh, function, so you you could like walk with it for five seconds without it skipping. Right. Yeah, I remember but, when those came out. Those were out for a while, and it was like, oh, this is the best technology. But if you wanted to do anything athletic, you still had to use a Walkman because the Discman was right. so big you couldn't put it in your pocket. I remember you know, doing skateboarding and things like that and using a Walkman even in the late 90s because it didn't skip, it was smaller, it was just a better uh, athletic tool. But yeah, as far as... Uh, nowadays, I just mostly listen to podcasts and news in, when, like when I'm driving just because I have I so many. Yeah. Like, like one of my all-time uh, driving songs... Uh, it's like, I want to drive it all night long. Do you remember that song? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it sounds really familiar. I'd have to, I don't remember the name of it, no. No, me neither. That's my old dry, all-time driving songs. Welcome welcome to very uninteresting topics to listen to. <laughs> this is the ramble, <laughs> this is the pre-ramble, the preamble ramble, as they say. <laughs> but yeah, I, <laughs> the preamble ramble. Yeah, uh, I drove up there. At, the first thing I did was I got on YouTube and I found a stream of the Dem debate because it. I was I got there maybe an hour after it had started, but on YouTube ah. I was able to find something I could rewind uh, and start it over at the beginning. So I got to see it basically live, uh, just like an with an hour delay, but. Let's yeah. get into the Dem debate. What do you think of this thing overall, Fro? Uh, I liked it, actually. This was from the Oprah Winfrey soundstage, they kept pointing out for some reason. <laughs> I think I think it helped. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that it helped, uh, that it was uh, on the channel it was, but it definitely didn't harm it that it was not on CNN. I will tell you that. Uh, yeah, I, overall, I thought this was the most boring debate yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were some fighting. I mean, uh, but but I think I think uh, when you say boring, do you mean boring in the way that nobody was fighting, or do you mean boring? It just didn't feel like that... like the question. It was mostly the moderators' questions were very. 
I don't know, bland and didn't feel like softball. they were. Yeah. And they didn't feel like, yeah, a softball in the sense that they didn't feel like they were getting any real information that I wanted to learn about the people to get an informed decision right. about a president. They were asking mm -hmm. questions to just get people in fights with each other that didn't actually have to do with like policy or anything like that. Uh, specific, I mean, we'll get into it right now, I guess, but one of them where they just started talking to Bernie about the lock, lock her up chance. Like, why are we right. talking about that? How does that affect any me, f f how I feel about any of these candidates? You know what I'm saying? It's just the questions were, uh, I want to say just not useful to me as, mm. uh, as somebody who's looking or if I was somebody looking for a candidate, obviously. Uh, I found it interesting. Uh, what I found my, maybe the most interesting about the whole debate was who attacked who. And 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 I I used a lot of the week of thinking why why Booty Judge and and Harris fought. I, I think I I have an answer, but it was definitely interesting. All right, let's go. I've got a, the airtime here, so I'm going to go in reverse order of who talked the uh, least to the person who talked the most. All right? Cool. All right, so with uh, the least amount of minutes, Andrew Yang was 6.8 minutes. Uh, okay. Let's see, what do I have? I, I actually, at the top of, before I even started uh, writing down notes, I put Yang UBI counter. I wanted to see how many times Yang decided to talk about UBI, and believe it or not, he only said UBI once the entire debate for him. Oh. I know, because he, oh. he did a really good job in the sense that he stayed away from that one talking point that we've kind of put every debate, me and you point out, he's only got one talking mm -hmm. point. Uh, he was able to get away from that and only actually mention it once and go in a lot of other directions of what he wanted to talk about. I thought he did really well. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think so as well. Who was it that said I could use the thousand dollars a month that I'm going to get from Yang? Was that Buttigieg? What did he say? Uh, I think one of them said like uh, I will take the money from Yang, a thousand dollars a month I could use it or so something. When he was oh. talking about who was the poorest man on stage or something. Right. I don't even remember that, but. It's been a whole right. week since we watched it, so there's probably a lot of things both uh, both of us will have missed. Let's see, what did uh, what else did I have? Yang. Uh, oh, Tom Steyer. Uh, people are talking, uh, kind of saying, uh, "Oh, this." Oh, it was MSNBC is kind of knocking him for uh, using his money uh, to and spending it on on his campaign when he said he's going to. Mm -hmm. uh, not uh, put tons of money in into his campaign. He's going to be, but he, he's self-funding. So it's kind of the same. Is He's not taking money from billionaires, but he is a billionaire and he's taking money from himself. I guess it was kind of mm. their point. And then Yang comes in, in his defense against the MSNBC and says, uh, stop knocking Tom for spending money on climate change is what he said, which was kind right. of a big uh, slam on MSNBC and a few mm -hmm. other people there. See what what else did I have for Yang? Uh, oh, in his closing statement, he opened up with the kid. The kids are not all right, which is 
uh, I thought was a good line. Uh, and mm-hmm. talked again about the fourth industrial revolution. That was a thing he brought mm-hmm. up a, a few times. That's his new talking point. Is that uh, getting away from the UBI? I think that's clever because it uh, distinguishes um, both those talking points. Distinguishes him from the others. Right, because nobody else is talking about it at all. Exactly. Right. Um, and he's got a button on on his jacket that just says math. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I, yeah, I just thought it was kind of interesting. All right, Steyer, the billionaire, Tom Steyer. Uh, I remember absolutely nothing from him. You got nothing, okay. Uh, he wants yeah. to change uh, the term limits for Congress and the Senate so that, or I guess term limits all around change so that it's easier to get rid of people so they don't stick around for so long, which I guess is kind of a good idea. I'm okay with it. What do you think? I have I have no clue what the term limit even is. So, like, the president can only... There can only be two terms, and each term is four years. Oh. So he okay, wants to change yeah. it so that... Uh, specifically for, like, the Senate and the Congress, there's terms, but there's no term limit, so you could just be a Congress person your whole life. He wants to change it so that uh, you can only be in there for whatever, let's say 10 years, and then you can no longer be a Congress person. And then it would change out the government so that we wouldn't have this deadlock that we have now, which is a pretty good idea, to be honest. Like uh, people like Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah. Uh Ted Cruise. (laughs) Tom Cruise in, in in the Senate. That would be funny. But Ted Cruz, yeah, that's been there multiple of years. Right, or uh, uh, Ted Kennedy, who was, like, there for his entire life. Um, right. All right, uh, yeah, I didn't really have too much for Steyer either. Uh, 8.4 minutes, he only talked, so. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, 9.2 minutes. I have a lot from her, and she only talked, like, one more minute. So, <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, mm-hmm. She wants to, in her opening statement, she talks away about taking away the military-industrial complex and uh, put an end to the new Cold War, she said. The new Cold War saying, she was in this said, we're already in a Cold War, is what Tulsi was saying. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is, uh, nobody else is saying that right now. Yeah, and I don't know if I agree to that. Uh, I think it, it, we are in a, like, in the sense that, uh, we're putting troops on the borders and, uh, weapons are being shipped around in a strategic manner. Uh, I would say we are in a slight cold war right now. Um, maybe a preparation for the cold war, but not in Well, I mean, a cold war isn't a war. A cold war is, is literally preparation for a war. It's like... You just being worried about there being a war, uh, which I guess is what but, we're doing. But, but hasn't there, uh, I'm not going to use this argument very strongly, but isn't there an argument that you have been in a Cold War since World War II? Though? Isn't there an argument there's always preparing for the next kind of war? Well, there. I, I think... Uh, when people think of like the Rush- Russian Cold War is what she's talking about, and in that sense, we right. did have a treaty with whatever the guy Gorbachev, the guy with the 
thing on his head. Yes, yes, that was Gorbachev. Which yes. everybody considered the end of the last Cold War. And so mm-hmm. now we're moving into the new Cold War is what she's saying, which is a bold statement, I'll agree, and I don't think everybody agrees with it, but I think there is some factual basis to it. I, I would do, agree to a certain point, but uh, I think there's arguments that we have been in that Cold War since. There's always a Cold War between the, the wars. That's the, that's the point. Right. I mean, yeah, to a degree. Uh, Tulsi versus Harris 2, Rumble at Oprah's house, I wrote down. <laughs> yeah. Because they said, I mean, it's clear. it was clear that the commentators, the way they put in the question, specifically gave Harris a question to try to get her to attack Tulsi, mm-hmm. and then Tulsi, and then there was a back and forth. Uh, it almost didn't feel natural in a way. Yeah, there's another fight that I liked better. Right. Uh, Tulsi calls Booty Judge weak, and uh, she, uh, I wrote, oh, like, oh, right, she's talking about, um, he, he says something about uh, her meeting with uh, Bashar al-Assad, and she says, mm-hmm. she's naming off all these uh, presidents who've met with all these leaders that are like horrible dictators, and then uh, later we worked it out with those countries, but while she's naming off all these leaders, he, he butts in, uh, booty judge butts in and says, like when Trump met with Kim and the whole crowd goes, it wasn't like, Ooh, it was like, Oh, that was Mm kind of dirty and gross. Why did you do that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, no, th- this was the fight uh, that I uh, I said Harris. I meant uh, I always confuse those two people for some reason. May- maybe it's the hair. Uh, but uh, yeah, I-, I I really liked how strong she was against Billy Judge in this uh, ex- exchange. Yeah, I-, I wrote down Tulsi makes him look super weak is yeah. the last thing I wrote down. And then... Uh, oh, and then Tulsi's close, closing statements nearly made me tear up. They were pretty yep, pretty good closing statements by her. All right, Klobuchar. Uh, she spoke for 11 minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. Next person up. Uh, Klobuchar, for some reason, after uh, the opening statements, she speaks second. Uh, she's like the second person yeah. to get a question, which I thought was very weird. Why? I don't know. She's not polling. Like it, it didn't make any sense as to why she got a question here. Yeah. Uh, what else did I have for her? Uh, name, name a woman president was one of her points. So she's definitely mm. going for the female vote. You know what I mean? Uh, basically mm. saying, she was basically saying. Uh, there's never been a female president, and and it's be, uh, the reason there's so many problems in America is because we've only had male presidents, is what she was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, uh, talking about uh, Medicare for all, it's a great slogan for a bumper sticker, and then you give them a free car. Uh, so she's comparing health care, like giving people f- free health care, to giving people a free car from. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, 
not exactly the same. And incredibly insulting, I think. Yes. Because uh, a car, even if you give somebody a free car, it breaks down. Healthcare is literally the reverse of that. So it would be like giving people free uh, auto maintenance and insurance is what it would be actually. (laughs) Yes. Right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Instead of giving the the car. Yeah, because you are the car. It's literally that old uh, teach a man to fish proverb is what it is. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's something about her that uh, that 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 strikes me as like very like nanny like. She talks a little like a, a little like down to you, almost a little like like preaching. Do you get my what I mean? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. I I just find her incredibly bland and boring. She does feel very nanny kind of uh, condescending. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Last thing, in her closing statement, she brings up the McCarthy hearings, which I thought was weird for her to do. Why? Yeah, uh, I mean, I there's definitely some correlation, but it's interesting to see Klobuchar bring it up, and she was trying to bring it up kind of in the opposite way of, like, what's actually happening right now in, the like, the McCarthyite uh, news we're having with Russia Gate and everything else, so... Uh, it almost seemed like a cover. Uh, the next, uh, actually, next person is uh, uh, Harris, but she has 11.5 minutes. Booker had 11.5 minutes as well. So they're actually tied, but wow. we'll go with uh, Kamala Harris first. Uh, mm-hmm. Any thoughts on her right away, Fro? No. Let's see, did I write anything down for her? Uh on my first I, pay- I, oh, there I, I remember I didn't like her. <laughs> but but then again <laughs> I never do. <laughs> right. She opened up the um kind of the argument with uh Tulsi uh, where they went back and forth and, and the way she opened it up uh was she said uh some of these candidates on, on the stage are just against the DNC and they hate the Democratic Party, referring to right. Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, and that's what started off the fight. She, be, she, uh, was it? Tulsi is against the DNC, is what I wrote down. Um, right. Harris talks about the Obama coalition quite a bit. Like that was one of her mm-hmm. big talking points. Was we got to bring back the Obama coalition? Uh, a, a lot of that talk. Uh, Harris and Booty Judge want Republicans. Oh, right. Both both of these two in their closing statement said, we got to bring Republicans in to the Democratic Party and get them to vote for us. That was one of the, mm-hmm. the, both of the, them were talking about that. So let's go to Booker, Cory Booker. Um, Booker anything you... in the house. <laughs> Cory in the house, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. You got anything for Cory Booker? Uh, what I remember uh, mostly is that I was actually a little surprised how good he was this time. I I, I remember th- thinking I usually don't like him in debates, and I thought maybe this is, was his strongest debate so far. Right. Uh, I only wrote down two things, but one of the things uh, was a really big moment in the debate. But I wrote down... Uh... Is he cross-eyed now, or has he always been cross-eyed? 
Oh, always. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I just yeah. noticed it. But, but, but you saw it better. This this uh, this debate, you saw it better. Okay. I just never have noticed that, and I was like, did this just mm-hmm. happen, or what's going on? Um, no, no. Or maybe I was watching it on my phone, so I thought maybe it was, like, weird on my phone, on YouTube, mm-hmm. you know? Um, uh, this is the big moment, one his big moment of the night. Uh, Cory Booker calls out Biden on his stance on m- marijuana, saying, Yeah. Uh, I heard you say that, and I thought you were high when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. It was a Everybody very good moment. Laughed. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I, I really, really thought he had uh, one of his strongest debates. I think uh, I think one of the reasons why, why is maybe he was given a little more uh, leave room and maybe the other people didn't impress me as much. And I, I usually don't like him in the debates, so I think maybe he just flowered in this debate. All right, Bernie Sanders with 11.8. Uh... Somehow, uh, Kamala Harris got 11.5 uh, to mm-hmm. talk, 11.5 minutes. He got 11.8 minutes. And she, he's, right now I'm seeing polls, Fro, that he's uh, tied at number one or possibly uh, even in the lead, depending on uh, yeah. which polls you look at or the margin of error in the polls. But mm-hmm. he's surging right now, huge surge by Bernie Sanders after this debate. Um but Harris is like 3% and got the same amount of talking time, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, right. Bernie opens... Is this ridiculous, though, when you have absolutely, like... It depends what you say, though. Like, <laughs> you can't search if nobody is interested in what you say. And I would say that Harris says more bullshit than Bernie does. Right, yeah. Uh, I just think it, it's when you before the debate, she was still like super low and she's, you know, not doing any better now right. after the debate. Uh, they just gave her a lot of questions. Uh, they set her up for a lot of talk time uh, during the debate. So uh, I, I, she's very she's very biteful. Like if you want to use sound bites, she says a lot of like sound bite things. Or she has in the uh, other debates. I think that's maybe why they gave her more time. Uh, Bernie says in his opening statement, um, if we just focus on Trump, uh, we're going to lose. Congress can walk and chew gum at the same time, is what he said. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then they bring up the lock... uh, uh, Right, the first time they come back to him after his opening statement it was a really long time and he, you could tell he was like finally you're getting to me and they talked to a bunch of people about medicare for all and he's they finally get to bernie he's like thank you i wrote it <laughs> uh because it's like why are you talking to all these people first when i'm the person who you're talking about something that i wrote and you're it's still like that line still works because the, the media chooses to make it work. You know what I mean? Right. If, if they yes. were to just go to him and ask him first, he wouldn't. that line wouldn't be uh, uh, not useful, but they keep making it useful. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. They asked Bernie about lock her up chance uh, at Trump rallies and lock him up chance at his rallies. Uh, 
So they're trying to catch Bernie uh, being sexist here. Is that what you got from it? Yes, and it's so blatantly obvious. Right, they're trying to say, if you agree with the chance at your rallies, you agree with the chance at Trump rallies. Uh, right. Saying lock Hillary Clinton up. But I thought Bernie had a very clever answer because he's, he didn't say anything about the chance. He said, no one is above the law. Saying, if Hillary Clinton did something wrong, lock her up. If Trump did something wrong, lock him up. He's saying, no one's mm. above the law. Either either way. <laughs> Which I thought was a very clever an answer of this got you question. Uh, uh, Bernie talks about prosecuting the fossil fuel industry, which nobody else is talking about. Uh, what does Bernie say? Oh, other than that, uh, other than that, you like him about Biden on Putin. Remember when in the last debate where uh, Biden is like, I've met with Putin. I met his, I met the mm -hmm. guy. Uh, I, I hung out with him quite a bit. Remember in the last debate? Mm -hmm. And uh, Biden's like, Putin hates me. Putin, uh, Putin is afraid of me. He despises me. And Bernie's like, other than that, you like him. And like kind of under mm -hmm. his breath. It was very funny. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else for Bernie? I think that was it. I think he did a very, very, very good debate. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just by the poll numbers, it's clear people liked what he had to say. Um... Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to jinx this by any means. It's not over before it's over. But I can't wait for them to begin the preliminary voting. So where when we actually see the results of this, it's we're just around the corner. So right, don't have long now. A couple months. So <clears throat> all right, Biden with twelve point eight uh, minutes of airtime. Uh, mm -hmm. He the very first question he completely flubs it and and yep. loses his train of thought. Um, it was it's so it was so obvious like i i was thinking of that comment that the booker did with with like uh, uh, he was high when he said it he 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 sounded high on this debate well i mean he just can't keep his train of thought he has a hard time doing that and uh he makes mistakes when he talks I don't think he, I don't know if it's that he doesn't prepare enough or and he thinks he can just go out there and wing it uh and maybe mm. he's gotten a little older and he can't maybe he used to be able to wing it like that and he can't he doesn't just not able to do it quite as well anymore um I don't know what it mm -hmm. is uh mm. why he why he makes mistakes like this one I'm about to mention uh Biden on domestic violence I actually had to write down the entire <laughs> quote because I thought about playing the video, but we got a few other videos to play that t today. So oh, Biden talking so about domestic violence. They actually ask him about the Me Too movement initially, but he says no man has the right to raise a hand in anger other than self-defense. Uh, talking about uh, women, we need to change the culture and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching <laughs> at it. He's so stupid. <laughs> what? Well, it was. 
definitely the funniest moment of the night because everybody in the whole place laughed. I mean, I think the commentators and, even and, laughed at it. They were and like, then, and then he said, "What? I am very serious about this." <laughs> why? Are, yeah, he was like, "Why are you guys laughing at me? I don't understand." Yeah. Oh my gosh, he, he cannot go against Trump. Yeah, no, it reminds me of the fish dicks joke uh, in South Park. That's what it reminded me of. Uh, Biden says we need to study the long-term effects of weed again. Uh, oh, right. I just wrote down Biden is a laughing stock. Uh, and then r right after uh, I wrote that down, uh, a protester uh, jumps up again during Biden's when Biden's talking. This every single debate, a protester jumps up. And r did you even notice it this time, Fro? I heard it a little. In the you heard it a little tiny bit, and that little tiny bit was enough because NBC instantly cut to commercial. MSNBC was like, "Boom!" Like that. We're going to commercial before you could even hear any of the. Uh, that the protest what that protester actually had to say um all right biden oh then during his uh closing argu uh, closing arguments uh, he says uh we can't do anything to tarnish obama's spotless administration i just thought that was <laughs> laughable I, especially as vp He's definitely spotless. All right, uh, last two people. Uh, believe it or not, Booty Judge got more time than Sanders yeah. or Biden, uh, which. And I am going to ask you, why the fuck did he? Well, do you remember I said when we covered the fourth debate that th this is the media's new darling? They they set him up, um, in the last debate. To, you, to have him be the next golden boy, and over the last w month, they've pushed him and pushed him and pushed him, and now at this debate, they gave him as much time, you know, uh, as the big candidates when he doesn't poll as high as the big candidates, but he's being pushed by the media. And the sad part is it's so obvious, uh, and somehow it still seems to be kind of working in the sense that he's gone up in, in the polling. Uh, right. It, I guess it's just sad to see how easily people are brainwashed, you know what I mean, <laughs> by the media. Like, people who just watch CNN or MSNBC and they just believe whatever they're told on there. Right. We talked about it you know, last last week. Context. <laughs> Putting things in context. But, yeah, no. Uh, at least when he gave him this much time in BCNBC... Uh, you get that he sucks with an S-U-X. That's true, because uh, I wrote down all of one thing that he had to say, so that's good. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I didn't. it wasn't actually something he said, but he kind of made this one statement where he's talking... Uh, they asked him about how he's not doing all that great with uh, African Americans as far as polling numbers go. And he mm -hmm. started talking about himself and how, uh, as a gay man, he understands the struggles of being an outsider and things like that. And so, and it, how he's a Christian and all this stuff. And I just wrote down, 
he's the gay white Christian savior is what he was trying to bring, like come across as. And, uh, it was pretty gross. <laughs> you mind, you know, who, who he reminded me a little of, and I got a little sketch me when I was at my most Christian. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. He, he sounded like, like a very, very, very confused man. <laughs> Like, I have this very, very Christian values, but I also am gay. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he came across really bad, I thought. That's really all I had for him. All right, Warren yeah. was the last person with 13.5 minutes. Uh, Warren denounces ambassadorships. She wants to get rid of ambassadorships, mm -hmm. apparently. Um... She said something about, like, if you donate to me, I can make sure that if if you donate to me, I will not pick you as my ambassador. You, you, I, will, I will do it because you qualified and not because you have donated. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, which I thought was interesting with the whole impeachment thing right now. And the, one of the biggest yeah. things, one of the biggest witnesses they had was this ambassador lady that they're... Right. Treating like she's the next coming of Christ. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have anything else for Warren, so we're done with that. <laughs> uh, she didn't really say anything interesting or new. She seemed like she was trying to yeah. stay under the radar because uh, she has got a lot to lose but not a lot to gain. Uh, right. So, yeah, let's do winners and losers. Who's your top three losers? Um, uh, the billionaire, Steyer. uh, yes, uh, Harris and Biden. Okay. I'm going to go, um, Klobuchar, Harris, uh, Biden. Yeah. We're pretty close to each other though. Yeah. We, we totally agree. And then winners. Oh, this is harder. Um, I I think I need to begin with my number one because I actually think that is uh, uh, Bernie. Uh, but in a strong number two, I actually think uh, Booker. And then number three, uh, the congresswoman from Hawaii. Gabbard. Okay. Gabbard, yes. I get, I'll go the same way so it's not confusing. I went Sanders number one as well. And then uh, I'm going to go Yang number two. And mm -hmm. then I think I would agree with you Booker number three. It was, he was really good. I, he just had that one really big standout moment. Uh, right. And that's all, sometimes that's all it takes. So. Yeah. Cool. We all just right. Used 30 minutes on this. I'm very happy that we don't have a main topic this week. <laughs> that was basically our main topic, right? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> All right, let's get into the news. Uh, Pro-democracy opposition wins election in Hong Kong in a landslide. Good news mm -hmm. here. Pro-democracy candidates appear to have won big in Hong Kong's local elections held over the weekend, signaling widespread support for the month-long protests in over China's control of the semi-autonomous territory. 
the leaders of the city's biggest pro-democracy party said Monday the bloc won with nearly 90% of 452 district council seats. Uh, this was reported by the Associated Press. Uh, just 21 out of 182 candidates of the largest pro-establishment political party won in the election. Uh, the city also reported a huge surge in voter participation. Uh, so, this is pretty big. Uh, the results come after months of, of at times, violent protests uh, with pro-democracy protesters angered over since a uh, since withdrawn bill that would have allowed the extradition of China and calling for Lam, Hong Kong's chief executive, to resign. Yeah, but I find it interesting that Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi told reporters Monday during a visit to Tokyo that Hong Kong will always be a part of China no matter the outcome of the poll. So China was like, eh, we don't really care. I feel like this is uh, deja vu of the whole uh, Spain thing, the Catalonian thing. Where they yes, did yes. a vote, and then the main government said, nope, we don't believe you, your voting doesn't count, and it's basically the mm -hmm. same thing here. Uh, yeah, other than that, this is even worse, because here you kill people. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there were protests, they, yeah. they actually, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, the the guy, uh, or the party in, in Catalan that was trying to get uh, established there actually did get established now it, it took them a while but uh, maybe that's right. what will end up happening here it'll take a, a few years or whatever but eventually they'll be able to get in there I mean 90% of the vote is pretty good so uh, but, uh, look do you know what we need more of in America what do we need we need more billionaires uh, uh, being presidents yeah, it seems like everybody likes this billionaire or millionaire or whatever that's president now. So mm -hmm. I can't see why we wouldn't want another one. Uh, mm -hmm. Billionaire and former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg uh, mm. has launched his Democratic presidential bid. We talked about him, like, uh, signing the papers to set, a, set it up so that it, he was ready yeah. to do it. But he hadn't actually officially announced. Um. He quickly followed his announcement with a massive advertising campaign blanketing the airways in key primary states across the U.S. Uh, I'm running for president to defeat Donald Trump and rebuild America, he wrote. We cannot afford four more years of President Trump's reckless, unethical action. He represents an existential threat to our country and our values. If he wins another term in office, we may never recover from the damage, is what he says. Mm-hmm. That doesn't explain why you're getting in or what your policies are. <laughs> Trump, yeah, bad. I'm, 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 I'm going to be extremely curious how he polls in the newest polls. Do you have any clue? Uh, no, no. Be, I, I haven't seen him like enough? in any of the polls that I've seen him in. He's, I haven't seen him on, on the on the poll. So I don't know if they're actually polling him yet or not. So like since he just got in, uh, the polls that are coming out now would have taken place uh you know, a week ago or something. So we won't have these right. polls till another week probably. 
if that makes sense. It will be very, very interesting to see. I th- I'm, I'm going to guess that he polls uh, even lower than Sawyer. Uh, yeah, there was another guy that got in, uh, Deval Patrick, who's another billionaire, I guess, uh, who we didn't talk Ooh. about, but it's because that guy's even less interesting than this guy, so. Yeah, I, like I said, who? <laughs> exactly. But talking about Bloomberg, uh, I've heard his new news service is uh, under fire for ban on investigating owner. It seems, yeah, I mean, it's a little weird when he owns a giant newspaper uh, conglomerate and he's running for president. Like, how do you maintain credibility as a newspaper and report on report on the pres- presidential race when, when, the, when the owner is running for president, right? That's a little weird. Right. Uh, Michael Bloomberg confirms his presidential run on Sunday. Uh, the news service that bears his name said it would not investigate the billionaire or any of his Democratic rivals. So they're just not going to cover the Democratic race at all, apparently. Uh, the former mm. editor of Bloomberg's Businessweek title branded the decision staggering and said journalists at Bloomberg N- News deserve a hell of a lot better than this. Uh, the new rules were announced uh, in a note to 2,700 journalists and analysts uh, there is no point in trying to claim that covering this presidential campaign will be easy for a newsroom that has built up its reputation for independence in part by not writing ab- about ourselves, said John Micklethwaite, the editor-in-chief. Yeah, it just seems just a very, very, very like strange way of... of, of, of uh, of doing this, like, why, why, why at all, like, come out saying, oh, we will not do coverage, why just not, like, shut up and not do it? Why, why, like, come out with it? I would keep it a secret. Because <laughs> yeah, this, I guess so. This will backfire. Yeah. I, I, I can see it backfiring if they didn't do it as well, though, because then people will go, oh, they're avoiding covering Bloomberg. Is the way people would then see it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, but, it's like lose lose kind of. But but if if they have never covered Bloomberg in the past, why should they do it now? Do you see what I mean? If they never covered the election before, I I I I must I must honestly say that I don't ever think I have ever seen been on any Bloomberg owned newspaper or anything like that. I can honestly say that I really don't know what he owns and and things like that. Bloomberg News is something I've never been on, so right. I don't know if they normally investigate in or cover the election. I would assume so. I mean, it's just it start I think it started out as like a financial thing, but it it ended up covering uh, everything over time. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it is just like any other news organization, pretty much. I thought they were more like the Wall Street Journal or something. I think like they that. used to be, but they branched out. Right. Right. So, okay. They have different departments now, where it's like the financial one, and then uh, I think this one even said, uh, 
I think it's Bloomberg News Service, and then there's like Bloomberg, uh, you know, uh, editor of Bloomberg Business Week. So this is the right. Business Week section of Bloomberg News, if that makes sense. Right, right. Wedge, in a way. Uh, more than 60 do doctors signed letter warning Assange could die in prison without getting medical uh, attention. Uh, 60 doctors from several countries have signed on to an open letter warning British authorities that WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange could die in prison unless he receives urgent medical treatment. The letter addressed to the Home Secretary of the UK and Shadow Home Secretary was distributed by WikiLeaks Monday. It states the that the doctors have serious concerns about Assange's mental and physical problems, including depression, dental issues, and shoulder alignment. Uh, mm. The doctors urged uh, uh, immediate attention at a staffed university teaching hospital. Otherwise, we have real concerns on the evidence currently available that Mr. Assange could die in prison. The medical situation is thereby urgent. There is no time to lose. Uh, right. So th this is was written by 60 doctors from all around the world. Mm. Uh, the Hill reached out for the UK's home office for comment, and they obviously did not get back to them. What the shock? <laughs> you, the US, don't care. <sighs> but it, I, 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 I always uh, disliked uh, Diane Abbott. She's uh, she's she's one of those. Politicians that I always did dislike to I uh, when I followed uh, UK uh, politics, and it doesn't really surprise me that she uh, doesn't say anything either because she, she's she's just one of those puppet people. All right, a story I don't really have too much to say about. It's just so interesting to mention as a follow up because we talked about. This guy could get in trouble before. So, real quick follow-up. Mm -hmm. uh, Israel, Israel's Attorney General announces indictment against Netanyahu in corruption case. Israel's Attorney General indicted Benjamin Netanyahu on corruption charges on Thursday, raising more uncertainty over who will ultimately lead the country mirrored in a political chaos after two inconclusive elections this year. Uh, the Attorney General announced the decision in a statement the charges include bribery, uh, breach of trust, and fraud. Mm. That's a big story, and we'll see what happens with it. Do you think he goes naked in his apartment? Uh, Netanyahu? Probably. Yeah. I can yeah. see that guy doing it. Yeah, you should be happy he doesn't live in Utah then. Well, you know what Utah is known for. No, I have no clue, Luke. I was a Mormon for for two and a half years. So, yeah. no, I have no clue. So, you know, they have those strict rules over there in Utah. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't know how strict they were until this week, but you want me to go into this? Yeah, please. A Utah woman is being charged with lewdness after being topless in her own home. What? <laughs> uh... Utah woman has been charged with lewdness in her own home after her stepchildren walked in, into the room and saw her bare chest. <laughs> this country has gone nuts. Uh, 
the American Civil Liberties Union of Utah argued this week that the statute under which she was charged is unconstitutional, and they have asked the judge to drop the charges. Mm -hmm. She and her husband have had been installing drywall in the garage and had taken off their shirts that were itch itchy from fibers, she told uh, the Salt Lake Tri Tribune. Uh, just then, her stepchildren, age 9, 10, and 13, walked in. She explained she considered herself a feminist and wanted to make a point that everybody should be fine walking around their house uh, or elsewhere with skin showing. So she, you know, she's a body positive person, I guess, is what she was trying to say to mm -hmm. her. That's what her lawyer wrote in court documents. Now the state has charged her with three charges of lewdness involving a child, child, which is a class A misdemeanor. Fuck's <laughs> sake. The husband was so stupid. The husband was similarly similarly clad, but was not charged with a crime. I'm. Th I think slim similarly clad means like he was topless, right? Uh, right. Yes. Crim it cr uh, the state's laws criminalize the exposure of the female breast below the top of the areola in the presence of a child in a private place. Under the circumstances, the person should know will likely cause affront or alarm. Okay, so that's what they're that's what they're going off of. Uh, I I think I think if this woman was fifty years old and this this was. A case it would be never uh, a case, but because this girl is 27 and probably has firm, nice tits, that's why they are against that. I didn't even think about it, but yeah, right. It's a 75-year-old lady. I don't think this would be as big of a deal. Yeah. I guess you're right. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, and the whole idea of, like, the guy's nipples were out. You can see his nipples, but you can't see the lady's nipples because they have fat underneath right. them. It's, it's just silly. But, um, but but here comes what what I I, I find most in, in, incredible in the whole thing. If convicted, she could face imprisonment, fines, and required to register as a sex offender for ten years. How is that? Like uh, I want. I, you know what I that means. That. You have to, if you buy a house somewhere. You, when you move in, you have to go around and tell everybody you're a sex offender. So is this is that worth it for this lady? Like just not having a shirt on in her own house? I I don't think so. It it is so incredibly stupid. <sighs> okay, I got a video here uh, of Joy Reid on MSNBC talking about Tulsi Gabbard. We were talking about kind of them trying to smear Tulsi Gabbard in the debate. You want to hear them try to smear again on MSNBC? I really want. Remember we did that story about how uh, Hillary Clinton was said she was a Russian asset, but then there was a retraction mm -hmm. and she said she wasn't a Russian asset. Uh, apparently that story is just now a thing, right? Uh, apparently mm -hmm. now she just is a Russian asset and but even though they denied they said it, but let's hear what Joy Joy Reed has to say here from. Go ahead and give me a countdown. In three, two, one. 
plan. I think that that's true. I think the challenge that Tulsi Gabbard is having is that you can feel that way about the Iraq war, as I definitely did, but but also find it odd that the way she talks about regime change wars is exactly the same <laughs> the way Russians. that Russia talks about them. Right. She uses this language that feels straight, <laughs> straight out, out of the Kremlin. Sure. It is straight out of the Kremlin. Yeah. And that yeah, she went to, mm-hmm. to see Bashar al-Assad is that the follow up observation of him that he is a criminal yeah. who is not just hurting right. random people he's hurting his own people yeah, right. exactly. okay we can stop it there so yeah she mm. said uh she's she's using uh, uh lines straight out of the kremlin uh and that she's an odd fit for democrats uh and that she talks like russians uh mm. I don't understand why they're so afraid of Tulsi Gabbard. I I really don't I really don't get it. Like she's not poll like Tulsi Gabbard is not a risk of becoming the presidential candidate in any way whatsoever, right? But they attack no, but they attack the shit out of her. I don't get it. I I I understand why because if she was Sanders running mate as she maybe will be. Right. I'm not saying she will not. They they are trying to attack her before she becomes his running mate. So it's like a preemptive strike. Right. It's like shoot her before she can run. Wow. I, I, yeah, I guess you're probably right. And it probably has to... Well, I mean, they were already attacking her before with the Hillary Clinton thing, so you think that also had to do with it? Or do you think Julianne Reed? Is it responding to that Hillary Clinton did it, or do you think there there there's a war a combination maybe? Right, I think there's. Com- de- I bet there's somebody up there saying, uh, "Hey, uh, Hillary said say this or something like, or Hillary right. said this, we're gonna say this." Uh, it's just too coincidental that they're attack all attacking Tulsi as this Russian agent. It's it, and I mean. It is an it is a, a, a woman that I have seen before that have said a lot of stupid things. This joy person, so right. She's very anti Bernie. She's outspokenly anti Bernie, and so I can yes. see why. Yeah, I that does make sense what you said, Fro. That they see her as a potential running mate for uh, Sanders, who, if she was, would bring in a lot of like. Like I said during the debate, Booty Judge and Biden talk about wanting to bring in the Republicans. Right. Uh, Sanders' uh, Tulsi ticket could actually bring in Republicans. I think that terrifies them more than anything else. Oh, yeah, definitely. And also, I've thought more about if I want uh, her or or, uh, Warren... And I, I think maybe it is better with, with her as a running mate because she, she is so much younger than him, where the age gap between uh, Sanders and Warren could be used against them. Right, yeah. We were talking to somebody that weekend, uh, a Republican friend of ours, talking about uh, mm-hmm. all the billionaires that are getting in and why they're getting in. And I, I just pointed out, they're scared. The reason billionaires mm-hmm. are getting in now is because they realize Biden's falling off, Warren's falling off, uh, Kamala Harris has no chance, Booty Judge has no chance, and they realize uh, 
uh, there's a good chance uh, Bernie could win. We need to do anything, like you said, preemptively to try to make this not happen because we are terrified of Bernie. We're terrified of Tulsi. Uh, we're terrified of Yang even um, because they have a following that we can never have. Uh, mm. And that following is, you know, young people. And maybe those yeah. young people need a new holiday for O. And Tron is going to tell us about that. In Tron Tells the Truth. This is Tron where Tron Tells the Truth. I was a little bit angry last week, but I meant every word of it. I'm not going to be that angry this week because it's something called Thanksgiving. Yes, I don't know what it is. I don't see the reason why you have it. Well, it's like a dim functional holiday number two when um, everybody should pretend they love each other and eat a lot of shit, get drunk and listen to the borings, boring family members that they don't see any time else a year and they pretend they love them as they don't we don't have thanksgiving in Norway. i had thanksgiving once with some american friends and well it was fun eating and getting seriously drunk the rest of the rest of it i didn't give a shit about that is it with most of the holidays really we don't give a sh it's only an excuse for drinking and eating but i think that's a good thing it says that the munich fest or like Oktoberfest, originally started as a wedding, yeah, a wedding for a prince in the 1830s, 40s or something. But the town people think it was so fun that they, they rearranged it every year and and now it's all about drinking and drinking and celebrating life. I think we shall have more holidays like this, yeah. More holidays with eating and drinking. And we can put on some fucking. Because I think it's too few holidays for adult people. I like an adult holiday for only people over 18 in different sections if you have between 18 and 30 and 30 to 40 and yes you know like who can taste of all the wrong things in society yeah like it's american series called the purge movies like one day a year you can break every law there is and killing each other well i don't think that should be illegal but what about one day a year? We can definitely drink and fuck everywhere we want. If you want to fuck in the streets, fuck in the churches. Fuck, 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 fuck everywhere. Drink everywhere. Use all the drugs you want. One day a year. The police cannot do a shit. We can all send ambulance to get people over OD or something, but nothing else like this. One fucking day a year. An international fucking day. I wish the national song shall be ELO all over the world. Yeah. One fucking day. 24 hours. Totally fucking mayhem. All the sins you can fucking do. One year. But only for people over 18. Oh, yes. Only for people over 18. All the kids this time this day over here should be locked in fucking cages. This was Tron with Tron Tells the Truth and have a very a very messy Thanksgiving. Alright, thank you Tron. We have a email address, another digital citizen at gmail.com. If you want to email us, you can email us there about anything. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, another digital citizen on Facebook, Facebook pretty active there. A Twitter page, uh, at podcast ADC. That's at podcast ADC. Go check us out there. Uh, we seem to be growing steadily. We're pretty close to a thousand now. We'd like to hit a thousand. Just 
go on your girlfriend's computer or your boyfriend's computer or your mom <laughs> or whatever and just uh, go on their Twitter and just uh, add us to their Twitter. We're not we're not super invasive. I don't post a thousand things a day, so they probably won't even notice. Go on there, go there and do it. We're also part of the Pod All the Time Network. Go check them out on Twitter and all the other podcasts on the Pod All the Time Network. Mm-hmm. TV. Uh, TV. We're gonna open up with a video from the news in the TV round. Why would we do that? From what? What? Why is this? Hmm, could it be because Rick Perry said something? Oh, Rick Perry, who? Oh, we covered him. He's from the family. Uh, I guess so. Uh, I I don't remember. They might have pointed him out in the TV show, the Netflix TV show, The Family. I don't remember <laughs> if they pointed out this was one of the specific guys, but this right. played on TV this week, and I saw it and instantly went, that's everything they say in the family this guy is reciting everything they say so go ahead and give me a countdown fro and i will uh play this for everybody in three two one play god's used uh, imperfect people all through history. use imperfect people uh, saul wasn't perfect solomon wasn't perfect solomon uh, and i actually gave the president uh, a little one-pager. He gave him a one-pager on all the Old Testament kings. I, with him. I said, Mr. President, I know there are people that say, you know, you, you said you were the chosen one. Uh, and and I, I said, you were. I, I said, if, if you're a believing Christian, you understand God's plan. God's plan. The people who uh, rule and, 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 and judge over us on, on this planet in our, in our government. So he just said, God's plan for the people who rule over us and this planet. Mm-hmm. If, you've, if you haven't seen Netflix, The Family, go watch that right now. Because this, <laughs> he literally said everything right out of that TV show on Fox News and, uh, t- yesterday, he said it. Day before mm-hmm. yesterday, maybe. Uh, that is just nuts. That's why we're covering it in the TV round, because it's so related to this TV show, The Family. I don't know, what do you think when you saw this video, mm-hmm. bro? Yeah, no, I, I totally like, whoa, shit, that is totally talking about The Family. Where he's like, <laughs> I gave him this one, this one, uh, this small booklet of the Kings of Solomon to let him know, and he's, that's that little booklet that they show you at the beginning, in the first episode you see that booklet you know, of The Family, you know what I mean? It's like, holy crap, this is real. This, this shit is real. It's And they're... How crazy do you have to be for uh, you to believe this shit? I, I saw somebody talking about this being like, this guy is an adult. He is an adult human being who believes this crap. Mm-hmm. Just think about that. That's crazy. Cool. All right, TV round. Did you watch any mm-hmm. TV this week? I did. I saw a Dolly Parton show this week. Look, Dolly Parton. Okay. Mhm. On Netflix, uh, I have no clue what it's called in English, but it's uh, it would be something uh, like stories from Dolly Parton's uh, uh, singing book. But the first book uh, or the first uh, uh, episode is called Jolene, of course. Right? Oh, okay. 
my biggest problem <laughs> with this is for some fucking reason she's in every episode and right. Dolly Parton is many things but she's not a good actor she never has been yeah uh, I, I am not a very big fan of hers so I watched Jolene and then I watched uh, Two Doors Down uh, and and yeah, I can't continue this show. It's just, it's too cringy. I give it two out of five, uh, two out of ten, sorry. In America, it's called Heartstrings, apparently. Okay, cool. I remember seeing, like, it on, when I was scrolling through Netflix, I saw it, but I, I went, wow, not going to watch that. Um, yeah, it's extremely bad. I'm continuing to catch up on some of the things I was behind on, and I also saw a few things this week, but uh, four episodes of The Good Place to get up to date on that, because the finale is coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, still I'm, ha- happy with that's it? That's one of the things that, yeah, that's one of the things I'm going to binge. So, I've seen episode one, and that's the only episode I've seen, so... Yeah, the finale's either this week or next week, uh... So I wanted to get up to date and then be able to just watch the finale, you know, right away right. when it comes out. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, like I binged four episodes. Uh, I was happy with it. Anything else you watched this week? Uh, I watched uh, two documentaries this week, also from Netflix. Uh, this is uh, what happens when when I have strange things to watch. I watched something called "Who Killed Gregory Wildman." Uh, this is a mini documentary of five episodes, uh, and it is maybe Netflix's best uh, true crime show so far. I I think it's better than Amanda Knox, to be honest. Uh, I would give it a nine and a half out of ten. I really, really, really liked it. Okay. Uh, I watched uh, four episodes of The Purge as well. Uh, and I think actually I'm still one episode behind on that. So I watched, like, I still have one more to watch to be totally up to date this week. Um, okay. Some things Can I, I like. Can I ask you something? What? Yeah. Can I ask you something about The Purge? Okay. Uh, in episode four of The Purge. Did you see the one thing that uh, fucking you warned me about before we started? This is not the perch where they retcon uh, the whole fucking show with the the commercial of of uh, of perching in other countries and things like that. Uh, I don't think so, but I possibly could have. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I watched that episode, well, but. There's a storyline in the show where 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 they go to in the beginning uh, of the show they they go into th- uh, some uh, tourists that wants to book oh, themselves right okay yeah okay and I was thinking to myself we have never ever covered in any of the Purge movies. Uh, something like that because it's very clear in the movies that this is for US citizens only 
So wouldn't they, um, making a commercial thing around that, being like, oh, we can sell you the Purge pack, that makes absolutely no fucking sense. Because your legal uh, team around that, it will be so fucking illegal. Right, and you'd think there would be some kind of thing where, like, what, you get a visa for purge? Like, how does that work? You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I guess for really rich people, maybe it's like elephant hunting in in this world. Yeah, but but these girls were not super, super, uh, like, rich. It was a wedding party, exactly. Yeah, right. if they would have had this guy who was like in like a you know he had like a sidekick with the gun and it was like a cartoon gun. Yeah, I could understand that right. where he's a super rich guy with like somebody carrying his bags and everything. But no, this is just a bride yeah. who wants to go do it for her honeymoon. But it was clear the real reason she wants to kill kill her bridesmaid is why she's really doing it. But right, but but still, but still, it makes absolutely no sense because uh, the cost of this would be so incredibly high because of the insurance that would cover things like that. So she could not afford it. And and I like uh, this uh, tourist office that they visit in this office in or whoever where they are. It's like it's very like low key. It, it isn't like fancy at all. So it makes absolutely no fucking sense. The one thing I hate about this, I mean, most of the storylines, because there's basically four or five storylines happening at once, right? There's the college kid, mm-hmm. there's uh, the guy who almost got purged, but he's trying to figure out who purged him. Uh, mm-hmm. There's the, la- the storyline, by the way. <laughs> the lady who's the cop, and then there's the bank robbery. And the mm-hmm. bank robbery and the lady right. who's a cop, are ba- they're intertwined. They're basically the same story, and that's the part I really don't like, because that feels like an American cop drama just jammed into the right. Purge movie. And, you know what I mean? Like, they just took NYPD Blue and went, took it to the Purge movie and just jammed it in there as hard as they could, and it just doesn't fit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Other than that, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all right. It's, it's a good show. It's a good show. I, I still think it's 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 on the borderline of of like tr- trying to retcon things we learned in mo- movies, and I don't like that. So. I think it definitely is a hundred percent, and it, it I mean, it's using the politics of the day, just like the Purge movies do, to kind of make a point. Right. Which, uh, I'm f- fine with that in this scenario because it's you know that's what the Purge movies did. Uh, the same mm-hmm. they did it the exact same way the TV show does it. So I'm happy. I'm fine with that. But yeah, uh, the other thing I was thinking is. People are getting really mad about stuff on get uh, uh, kids stuff on YouTube is became a really big thing this week about oh we got to protect the kids on YouTube bro have you seen the purge mm. it's on USA <laughs> the same network mm-hmm. that has raw on it are we I mean come on now <laughs> yep yeah no I totally agree uh all right uh, uh, I've seen the crown this week. Season three. That's the last thing I've seen this week. Okay, I saw the finale of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't know if you saw the last two episodes of the, uh, season fourteen. I did. Okay. Yeah, I thought the season was good. I really liked the last episode. 
Uh, <laughs> it was very funny with the laser tag. Yeah. And they cover... This show also does a good job of covering um, social and political issues, but making it a joke and making it funny. You know? And they don't make it serious. I really like that about it. Like, you know, they cover global warming and all these other things, but they make it right. really funny. Um I think the best episode this season was definitely the episode in black and white. Though. I love that black and white. That was a good one. Yeah. So that was really, really good. Uh, let's see. What else did I watch? I actually liked the, the dog episode, the second to last one. Uh, the dog episode was also good, yeah. Um, the last thing I saw was a TV show on Amazon, which I only saw four episodes, but I just found it yesterday. I'm I'm gonna. This is totally binge worthy. I would have binged the whole thing if I had the time, but it's called The Feed from. Okay. It it's a British show. Uh, okay. You should really check this out when you get a chance. It's about uh, in the future in London, a person invents like a brain implant. That allows everybody to like connect to each other. It's like having Skype in your brain, where you can just like think about the person, and then you'll connect to them, and you could leave a message on their brain. It's like a neural network oh. of people, right? But then somebody kind of hacks it, and then all these people start uh, being turned into assassins. So it's very interesting Ooh. so far. Um, I would give this a eight so far. Uh, Nice. Really good stuff, uh, and it's the first season that's on Amazon. It's called The Feed, so go check that out. Never, ever heard of it in my entire life. Yeah, I just found it, like, randomly, and I, uh, I saw a commercial for it and went, whoa, that's a, that sounds super interesting. I think it came out at the beginning of November, so, like, just a couple weeks ago it mm. came out, so pretty new. Um, Dollface, episode two. We both saw this. Yeah, uh, interesting enough. <laughs> I keep saying that. It's interesting enough. I, I, I think this episode is a little less interesting than the first episode. Not by far. I felt like I they retconned less... this as well. Yes, totally. Because they made the pilot, like we saw last week. It was clear they made that yes. with the pilot, and it wrapped everything yes. up like we said last week. And the way they yes. retconned it was they did this thing where she meets the cat lady again. And if we have this cat right. lady every episode, it's the <laughs> animation is just bad, right? So it is. Um, it, I think it's going to be in but, every episode, though. But there, there was two things that I really, really, really enjoyed about this episode. Uh, I, I loved. Uh, uh, when he came over and wanted to watch Monday Night Football. That is such a guy thing to do when he broke up with somebody. And 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 uh, and he, uh, him saying to her like uh, uh, when uh, but you have to tell me when you come over. I could be naked uh, naked and he goes, uh, it's not like I've not seen those things before. <laughs> Right, <laughs> that was very interesting. Uh, and uh, the second thing I, I I laughed the most about was uh, the scene where uh, they did uh, the spa treatment, and the spa lady uh, almost destroys her friendship with the two other girls. That was kind of funny. Uh, 
Oh, right. She goes and uh, lives with the other, with, what's her name? Right. Allison Bream, right. Um, right. A real quick description. Uh, homebody, Jules goes to her girlfriends for advice about moving out of her ex's place, but finds navigating uh, which friend's advice to take even more compli- uh, even a more complicated problem. Uh, yeah, that's a good breakdown. I mean, the two friends, one friend wants her to go travel or, like, leave the country, go somewhere, get away. Mm -hmm. And the other friend wants her to buy a giant, ridiculously expensive apartment, um, <laughs> which bo both people just have bad advice. Is It should be, mm -hmm. like, the moral of the story, but it wasn't for some reason. Uh, but like I was saying earlier, they kind of retcon this where last episode it totally wrapped up. Then in this episode, they go to this scene where... The lady says, uh, oh, but, uh, uh, the main character says, oh, I left, we left it off so, so awkward last time. I don't know where we stand. And I was kind of like, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were like smiling and hugging at the end of the last episode and then looking at each other, looking at the picture of each other, like hugging and smiling. I, I like what? <laughs> I, I can understand how they did it because it, th this was more about like how do we continue this? How do we continue the relationship? Uh, right. Okay. Right. It just felt so I think a little it was weird. More about that. Yeah, to me. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I, I didn't like this episode as much as I did last. I gave the last one a six. I would give this a five. Uh, I'll give this a. I'll give it a five and a half. I, I think I'm going to go up on this one slightly. Uh, it felt a little more flushed out where the last one felt like they were just trying to uh, build characters and stuff where this got more, you got more story. Uh, and it still had those really interesting uh, CGI scenes, like the one where the two uh, friends are fighting and she's trying to hold the table together yes. and there's like a that giant pit of fire underneath them. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was very good. Those things are like the thing that really makes the show unique, I think, are those mm -hmm. little animation bits. Uh, not the cat lady, because that's just awful. But but but, but it's, it, it's weird how how little I mind this and I still give it a five while I give manifest shit uh, because it's complicated. This is not a complicated show, and I think that's one of the things that even though it's not like my kind of show and nothing I would normally see, I don't mind covering it because it doesn't really try to involve a lot of like convoluted storylines. It's very like, it's very, it, 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 I, I was thinking of calling it girls. If girls wasn't funny okay. <laughs> and girls, yeah, girls, the TV show. Right. Uh, which I've never seen, but I can, I know, I know what it's about. Right. Um, yeah, overall the show is decent and we're going to keep covering it. So, uh, yeah, if you, if you hate it enough that you don't want us to cover it anymore, email us at another digital citizen at gmail.com. All right, let's do some movies. Uh, I saw a, not a movie. I saw a comedy special this week just because I was out of town and it was available on the TV I was using and... Uh, we talked about The Soup last week, I think is the real reason I watched it. The Joel McHale uh, comedy special for, called Live from Pyongyang. Okay. 
which was live from like San Diego or something. He wasn't actually anywhere near South South Korea, but um, it was not good. I'll be honest, bro. I was not impressed by this Aww. stand-up special. Uh, I understood what he was going for structurally. So like he did this structural thing where he like started talking about the town he was in, and then he started talking about the state, and then he started talking about the country, and then he started talking about the world, and then started moving back down where he was talking about the country again, and then back at the very end, he he finishes out the whole special by doing the same joke he did about the town. So it was a very well put together special. The jokes just weren't very mm. funny, is the problem. Aww. And when you're doing jokes about one specific town, you're in or you're talking about california if you're not from california you're not really going to get the jokes as well you know you know what i'm saying so they weren't really mm -hmm. very relatable jokes is another problem um overall i gotta give it like a four i oh, laughed no. a little bit but i it's just not as impressive as i would what would have wanted it to be so uh Oops. any movies you wow. saw yeah, I saw Tell Me Who I Am, the Lewis Brothers history. It's a documentary. It's on Netflix. It's about this guy uh, that loses his uh, memory in an accident. And his brother is trying to help him remember things. But is he really trying to remember? help him or is he not telling him something it's about brothers it's about memory and this movie made me fucking cry my tears out i give it a 10 out of 10 okay i saw um let's see which one should i do first i guess i'll do undercover brother 2 fro do you remember undercover <laughs> brother no. From, like, I think it was an SNL sketch to begin with, like a Saturday Night Live sketch. Uh, let me make sure of that. But they made a movie in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s called Undercover Brother, which was, like, a ripoff of Shaft, kind of, but really stupid. Uh, okay. Oh, 2002 is what I'm seeing. And they just made Undercover Brother 2, which is, like, his son... Oh no, his brother. So it's the brother of Undercover Brother. Uh, it, it's a it, actually pretty funny uh, movie. Uh, they make a lot of fun of like woke culture and different things like that. Uh, the bad guy in it is called the Man, and he's uh, the drug he is uh, pushing on all these people is called woke. And then he they find this that out that there's like a super strain of woke and it's called woke af fro it's mm -hmm. it is a, it's got some good uh good comedy in it i thought it was pretty funny uh as far as a movie goes maybe not the like top quality movie ever but it's gonna make you laugh so i'll give it a 6.5 okay uh i have a thing where uh i will see every movie nicole kidman is in right okay uh, I respect what she does, and she's. Uh, I will say that she's good in those movies seventy percent of the times, uh, even though the movie can be shit. Uh, this was one of those movies where she's very good, and the movie is pretty shitty. I saw the two thousand and fourteen 
movie Grace of Monaco about uh, Grace Kelly, where she plays Grace Kelly, uh, where she, uh, she wants to do a comeback in Hollywood. And she's also helping uh, Monaco in a conflict with France. Uh, it has Nicole Kidman, Tim Roth as her husband, Frank uh, Langella, directed by Oliver Dahan. I give this movie a 5.5. Cool. Uh, I saw the sequel to Iron Sky, Iron Sky Coming Race. Uh, the long-awaited sequel, I guess I should say. Have you ever seen the original <laughs> movie? Yes, I really like the first movie. It's ridiculous. Basically, basically, yep. it's the most one of the more most ridiculous movies ever. Uh, Iron Sky, which came out in two thousand and twelve, is what I'm seeing. Yeah, that sounds about right. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah two thousand twelve. Uh, this was the sequel. Uh, it had been rumored for a really long time that there was going to be a sequel of this, and it finally came out. I guess. Uh, it's just mm -hmm. as ridiculous as the first one, if not more ridiculous, and uh, is act it actually has Tom Green in it as well, which is very... I, I really like Tom Green, so I was happy with that. Um, overall, it's so ridiculous, I'm gonna have to give this an 8.5 on the level where, like, it's not good, it's not... It's bad, but it, it's so bad that it goes back around the scale and comes back to good, alright? Like Sharknado or something like that. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, we have to say that we will probably both of us uh, watch The Irishman. It comes out tomorrow on Netflix. It's three and a half hours. So I'm not going to guarantee that we have watched it by next week. But I, maybe I've watched would... half of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, but I, I tell listeners this so they will be aware of it uh, at least and, and at least start watching it. So we will probably cover it next week or the week after. Right. I Hopefully I'll be get, able to get around to it. I'm pretty busy, but who knows? Uh, it could happen. Okay, so, uh, oh, I don't have any other movies. Do you have any other movies from? Nope. All right, well, let's check out this trailer for 21 Bridges. Your father died protecting this city. Is the origin story to Batman? <laughs> right? I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's the origin story of the guy in the last Purge movie who was like the gangster with all the <laughs> nice cars. Isn't it like the same guy? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Why were they here? They responded to a robbery. This is actually very similar. Like, this is what I'm talking about. This is very similar to that storyline in The Purge. Yeah. I asked for you for a reason. I will find out. I like him, though. Oh yeah, he's a good actor. Chadwick Boseman is his name. I never remember his name, but it's right down here at the bottom of the thing, so. Close the eye. Got 21 bridges in and out of Manhattan. Shut them down. Oh, so the, that's why it's called 21 bridges. Right. Exactly. 
I think I said that last week. I was like, I bet it's some town or some state that has 21 bridges. None of this makes sense. The bid was for 30 keys. We walked into 300. They'll have to open Manhattan by. <laughs> when you use Avengers to like commercialize your movie. I'm not sure that's... I mean, it'll attract some people, I guess. What's going on here? I just need the truth, that's all. I don't know, it looks pretty good, to be honest, so far. I mean, it kind of looks like network TV drama cop show on a movie, but... It reminds me a little of Training Day, funny enough. Yeah, I mean, not stylistically, but like the story, yeah. Right. Doesn't have all the crazy filters and stuff like that movie did. No. Police, out of the way, go! They're not gonna escape the violence. If you ask me, that's an underrated movie, by the way. I think there's a, it's got like a demographic of people who really like it, and then there's other people who are kind of iffy about it. Yeah. I think some people think it glorifies certain things you shouldn't, and then other people kind of go, I like that stuff being glorified. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, w one of my favorite lines is from that movie. Actually, it's it's where when uh, Denzel Washington is trying him to get him to use drugs, and he says he doesn't want to do it, and he goes, "What are you? Are you a fucking Mormon or something?" And I laughed so <laughs> loud out loud when I watched that, and everybody was like watching me because I was the only one that laughed out that line because yeah. I understood why it was funny. Right. Uh, yeah. tw so what bridges. is this Oscar-nominated movie all about? Right. Tw uh, after, un un oh yeah. after uncovering a massive conspiracy, an embattled New York police detective joins a citywide manhunt for two young cop killers. As the night unfolds, he soon becomes unsure of who to pursue and who it, who's in pursuit of him. See, that sounds like training day. Uh, when the search intensifies, mm -hmm. authorities decide to take extreme measures by closing all of Manhattan's 21 bridges. Hence the name. 48% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 3 out of 5 on Common Sense Media, and 88% of Google users like this film. Cool. I went uh, to a company called Common Sense Media. I don't know if you've heard about them. No. Uh, uh, parents say, uh, Paige, I wish Hollywood made more movies like this. This movie has a kind of moral that is missing from almost all Hollywood films I see produced today. While there's nothing, uh, while there is strong uh, language and violence, as you would expect in a New York police film, the moral of the story is strong and shines through. Shadwick uh, uh, Boseman does not disappoint. I really feel like uh, going back and seeing this movie from an er earlier area when moral was still a part of a good movie. Uh, okay, I, I went to the Facebook. Uh, Patrick Murphy s says... Oh, this was underneath... I should... They posted the trailer, and underneath the trailer, Patrick Murphy says, Show me the part where you miscount the number of bridges in Manhattan. 
That's funny. So I looked it up, and it says uh, there are 25 movable bridges in New York City, which include two rectangular bridges, seven swing bridges, four lift bridges, and 12 draw bridges. Uh, how many bridges connect Manhattan uh, to boroughs or states? There are 21 major bridges that connect to the island of Manhattan. So those are the 21 uh-huh. bridges they're talking about are like the ones that connect right. the island of Manhattan. So they're shutting down the island in the movie, I guess. But he right. does have a good point. Uh, I got a good one here. Uh, actually, this one's a silly one. Zadek Hines says, saw it yesterday on my 21st birthday because it was too perfect uh, a new... M- too- because it was too perfect of a numerical to resist and it was amazing. Mm. He saw it because he was 21, and he he was like, "Oh, it's got 21 in it. I have to go see this movie." <laughs> okay, mm. that's a good reason to go spend money on a movie. Um, Charles, you got any more from? By the way, nope. nope. Okay, Charles Hagen says so. Corny walked out early. Uh, there's one killer out here. Shut down Manhattan. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Patrice Smith says, I made my co-worker watch the trailer with me again this morning. I'm so excited. I literally, I'm literally ready to make my debut in screenwriting. The movie rocked my world last night. So she saw, wow. she saw a movie and she's just going to be a screenwriter now. That's when you see a good movie, you just become a screenwriter, bro. That's how that works. Hmm. Also coming out this week is a very small independent movie called Frozen 2. Elsa, the Snow Queen, and her sister Anna embark on an adventure far away from the kingdom of Aradel, as they are joined by friends Christoph, Olaf, and Sven. This has Idina Mansell. Do you remember what what uh, uh, what uh, uh, Pulp Fiction guy called her? It, it was very funny. I don't. When she he introduced uh, her to the Oscars. Oh, I don't even know. Nope, you got me. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Christian Bell, uh, Josh Gard, uh, Jonathan Graff, like anybody else that was in the first one. Right, I never saw Frozen, to be honest. Uh, uh, 7.3 out of 10 on 9, the beast 76 on Rotten Tomatoes, and 4 out of 5 from our friends of Common Sense Media. Uh, I've got a beautiful day in a neighborhood here. Uh... A journalist's life is enriched by friendship when he takes on assignment profiling Fred Rogers based on the real-life friendship between journal- journalist Tom Sherrod Sherrod and television star Fred Rogers, directed by Morella Heller. Uh, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 3.5 out of 4 on Roger Ebert, 91% like this movie, so... Really high scores all around for that one. Wow. All right. So, movie bet. Yeah, we got to do the end of this movie bet and the beginning of next month's movie bet because, I'll be honest, there's another weekend of movies in this month, but does it matter, Fro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Okay, right. Because guess what? Frozen broke the record. Right, this weekend, Knives Out and Queen and Slim are coming out, uh, but neither of them is going to beat Frozen, let's be honest, so there's not even a reason to worry about it, so we're just going to do the whole movie bit right now. So, let's check out how big Frozen actually did. 
Mm-hmm. Opening weekend, $130 million. That is <clears throat> the biggest number we've seen the entire time we've do- been doing this movie bet this way, bro. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've only been doing it for a few months, but that massive number. Uh, we knew we knew you were going to win this. They, from the beginning, we knew you were going to win this. Uh, yep. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, $13.2 million. Still pretty mm-hmm. good. Uh, $9.2 million for 21 Bridges. But I mm-hmm. think both of those movies were going to get hurt by Frozen 2. But at the same time, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, it definitely attracts a t- whole different audience that Frozen 2 is not going to attract. So, yeah. Right. But I'm I'm very happy to inform you that you will win December, so it's okay. I guess so. Let's see what's uh, well. L- like we said, this weekend not we'll cover n- uh, next week. I guess this weekend Knives mm. Out is coming out, and that actually looks like it could be good and might do well. This is like the biggest time of the year for movies in movie theaters, uh, just because people, especially around right around the week of Thanksgiving and. Uh, Christmas because people have all their families there and the parents want to get the kids out of the house, all the, you know, the cousins and everything else. So they send them all to a movie so they can whatever, clean up and cook for Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner. So this is like the biggest time of the year for movie theaters. So let's see what's coming Mm -hmm. out in December, Fro. Hey, remember when we talked about Playmobil, the movie before? Because this has been moved. Because right. we have talked, we had this in the movie, but before. But we noticed You're... it was it didn't come out because they moved it to here. So yeah, uh, yep. Playmobil, the movie, STX Entertainment. Richard Javel, drama from Water Brothers. Uh, Black Christmas, uh, horror mystery f- from Universal Pictures. Jumanji, the next level, action, adventure, comedy, uh, fantasy from Sony Pictures. Uh, Bombshell, a biography drama from Lionsgate. Uncut Gems, a comedy crime drama, a mystery thriller from A24. Uh, Cats, a comedy drama family <laughs> fantasy musical <laughs> from Universal. Mm-hmm. The small independent movie Star Wars episode. <laughs> uh, uh, is that nine? IX? No, Fulf. IX. No. Uh, nine, yeah, that's nine. Right. Yeah. The Rise of Skywalker. An action adventure fantasy sci fi from uh, Walt Disney uh, Studios. We've just completely lost track of the Star Wars numbers at, at this point. Uh, Spies yes. in Disguise, action adventure ad- animation comedy, family sci fi ah, ah, from 20th Century Fox. <laughs> it's like every movie in one. Lit- yes, Little Woman, drama uh, romance from Sony Pictures. Just Mercy, a drama from Warner, Pi- Bro- Warner Brothers. Sorry. 1970, a drama war from Universal Pictures. Okay, so. Uh, you have mm-hmm. the first half and I have the second half, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. And I didn't even count these yet, so I'm going to do it right here on the show, or unless you know where they split. One, two, three, four. No clue. So we have 12, so six and six. So I get uh, the first six and you get the second six. So 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, you it won the bets. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Because I have the first half, right? No, you have the second half. Oh, I have the second half. Okay, so, yeah. I keep yes. forgetting that. Uh, I'm so used to having the other side. So I got Star Wars mm -hmm. in mind, barely at the cutoff. Yep. Like, right at the cutoff. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Then again, I have J Jumanji, and that will... Uh, I, I can already tell you that will be my winner of the bracket, because nobody cares about cats. Uh, I think cats will do better than we think, to be honest. I think there's going to be some really? interest for it. Yeah. Uh, just maybe even just oh, hate. Oh, cats is yours anyway. <laughs> I think it's just going to be some hate watching. I'm just saying, I, th I think yeah. there's a possibility it could do better than we think. But yeah, I think overall Star Wars is probably going to be the winner. But who knows? We oh, could yeah. get some, some surprise thing happening. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Playmobil, the movie. Richard Jewell yeah. looks like it's going to be an Oscar contender to me, so that mm. could get a good viewing, but I don't think it's going to do as well as Star Wars, no. But yeah, Jumanji is definitely my biggest player in my bracket, but it will not be beat Star Wars. Right. I think you're crazy. Is X, Y, I'm, 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 I-X. Isn't X, 10? So... IX would be nine, yeah. Nine, yeah. I'm not crazy, right? Well, <laughs> let's think about this. We started out with uh, four, five, and six, and had to go back to one, two, and three, and now we're going up to right. seven, eight, nine. Oh, yeah. So, wh yes. why, why would we be confused, Fro? I don't know. No. Right? <laughs> no, no clue at all. Right, exactly. We are not to blame here. Um... <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see, plugs, we're already there, wow, okay, audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen, go get a free trial and a free book, uh, Pod All The Time Network, go check out the Pod All The Time Network podcasts other than us, uh, yeah, uh, oh right, plug your uh, podcast from. Uh, yeah, uh, we have a wrestling show. That wrestling show with me and Bill, aka Wrestling Man, where we talk all about wrestling. We will cover NXT uh, TakeOver, and of course, we will uh, cover Survivor Series this week. Cool. Uh, did you have... You won... I think we basically are saying you won the movie bet, right? So... I guess we forgot yes. to find out what you what you want to do for winning the movie bet. Well, um, I'm going to ask you: Do you want do you want me to be nice to you, or do you want me to be an asshole? I feel like this is a trick question for some reason, but I'll say <laughs> I'll say nice. I guess. Okay. Um. Okay, uh, then we will do top five least uh, and favorite candies of all time. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, uh, we'll have to specify. We'll figure out exactly what candy means, because I, I think that could be a little bit interpreted. But, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. It could be chocolate. It can be everything that you... Uh, everything that contains sugar and... Uh, is sold as candy. Right, okay, cool. 
That is candid. All right. Sounds good to me. Uh, okay. Um, are we going to do top five best worst, or are we just doing top five? Yeah. Top five best no, top worst. top five best worst. All right. That sounds fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Round, I guess. Anything you interesting happened this week that we didn't cover? Uh, do you know what? I've been busy. <laughs> No, we, we, we can talk a little about Survivor Series, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. Did you like it? I thought it was good overall. I, I think we both thought it was uh, one of the best WWE pay-per-views recently. Ooh, yes. um, and it didn't end with like Maybe any they... kind of fuck finish to like make us mad at yeah. the end. It was. I mean, the last match wasn't great. Uh, well, no, it definitely wasn't as was... good as the Survivor Series match that came right before it. Uh, but right. it... It didn't, like, make us mad afterwards. So, (laughs) to that point, it was one of the best WWE pay-per-views in a while. What do you think? I think it's maybe the best WWE pay-per-view of this year, actually. You could be right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I can't think of anyone that I liked more. Of course, Hell hell and Cell. I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, no, um, NXT was fucking amazeballs. That uh, just blew my mind. But, yeah, no, I, I think it was very smart of them to have NXT um, uh, going over on Survivor Series. I think it will build up the brand even more. And having right. it as... As as a strong brand, will uh, I know why they are doing this? It's to fight against AEW, and right, for the yeah. first time last week, uh, AEW were uh, actually second in the ratings after uh, NXT. Uh, we cover that every week on that wrestling show, and uh, for the first time ever, NXT beat AEW. And it's very, uh, it's very uh, obvious to see that they see AEW as a contender, and that is why they are promoting NXT as hard as they do. They're, yeah, they're trying and, to preemptive, well, not preemptively, but they're just trying to strike back as much as they can. And it's like WWE right. is this giant force against this little tiny thing. Uh, WWE has so much more uh, power against AEW than AEW has, so. Yeah, but, I, uh, it, hopefully it'll go back and forth, and it's not just a steady decline from here on out. Hopefully, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it will be interesting to to see if the ratings. I mean, it wasn't by much they beat them, but still, it was like I think it was under ten thousand uh, in in the ratings or something like that. The Tesla but, yeah, truck. It, <laughs> you mean you mean the Tesla truck that definitely have windows that can't be <laughs> that can't be broken? Uh, yeah, that very is... funny. I mean, yeah, everybody was putting that out because that was the funniest part. But it, the thing, I don't know. What do you think of the car itself? I, they did do one thing with the sledgehammer where they oh, smashed exactly. the side of it, and that was pretty impressive. And then they right. go to the windows, and it was like, oops. Yeah. Uh... And was that James Wonderbeak from Dawson's Peak? Dawson's Creek. Creek that, uh, that did that. I I I didn't even pay attention. I think I saw it on like a YouTube video. I wasn't really even paying attention. I didn't watch the whole thing or anything. But I thought I thought I recognized 
Anthony was him. I could be wrong, but I thought it looked like him. Anyway, uh, but yeah, no, uh, it's very, very, very ugly car. You think? I I think it's got potential. We're like, it's ugly now, but I think if you like, you know how people like fancy cars up, like make them put on nice rims or this or that. I think you could make it look really nice. Uh, I do like the brush metal. I just don't like the thing on the back of it. Yeah, the back back of it was very lackluster, to uh, say it mildly. Right. People are saying it looks like a truck DeLorean, you know, like from Back to the Future. Yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> it kind of does. Yeah. Uh, Prince Andrew get, got kicked out of the palace after last week's show. They did kick Aww. him out, and they fired him from his job, and the queen is denouncing him, and the family is shunning him, basically, at this point. So that that's that story, at least. Um, Guess what, Luke? What? Do you know that Joe Rogan came out with a podcast one hour ago? About what? Guess who's in it? Uh, Prince Andrew. Tulsi Gabbard and Jocko Willink. Who? Uh, Jocko Willink. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, but I know who Tulsi Gabbard is. Right. I want it must be a debate one of his kind of debate things. So I guess I bet it's some kind of Republican guy or maybe somebody who's pro it's, war. Uh, J J O C K O Jake Jacko Okay. Uh, w W I L L E. Oh, I got it. N-K. I got it. Yeah, I got yeah. it. Link. Uh, retired US Navy SEAL podcaster and author uh he received star silver star bronze star for his service in the iraq war was a commander and see mm. was a commander so maybe he's there to promote her he's either there okay i'm looking I just at saw it in, right i'm looking at this right we'll check it out afterwards maybe we'll talk about it next week we're just kind of going we're just kind of flowing now but it says here uh, on his twitter good conversation with joe rogan on the podcast tulsi gabbard it's a crazy crazy time to be alive Uh, i will drop with what i'm doing today and for the next year to full-time produce the tulsi gabbard on the road podcast as suggested by joe rogan so yeah he's there to promote her and he's saying he's gonna make a tulsi gabbard podcast starring him okay Cool. I mean, Bernie yeah, no, Sanders already really, has a Bernie Sanders podcast, yes. if you didn't know, yes. so I think that's what they're kind of going yes. off of. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to see that Rogan thing now. I I can't wait to see it, actually. It's two hours and 37 minutes. Wow. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, okay, last thing I had was I tried the Popeye's chicken sandwich this week that everybody's going nuts over. Oh, yeah, you told me about this. Oh, fucking hell, we totally forgot. I'm so happy that we have Jeremy Corner so I can remember things. Well, one second. Yes. Yeah, remember whatever you're going to remember. I I was pleasantly surprised. I was expecting, you know, a good chicken sandwich because everybody's raving about it, but it was seriously like they took an entire chicken breast and just deep fried it and put it on a bun with some pickles. And I got the spicy one, but I also tried the normal one like i tried a few bites of it and 
the spicy one's really good. The spice isn't in the chicken. It's not in the breading, I mean. It's in, like, the sauce. But uh, overall, I'd say it's the best best chicken sandwich out there. I think everybody that's raving about it is actually... They, they're founded in, in being crazy for it. Ah, cool. We've totally forgot uh, Junior Eurovision winner. <laughs> I totally oh my gosh. Uh, forgot about it. And that. I forgot to even yeah. watch it. I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, and you sent me the link too. And I don't. I didn't even watch it. You sent it to me when oh I was at work. And, and I didn't even remember. Maybe we'd just cover it next week? How's that sound? Yes, okay. yes. We will cover We will cover the winner of the Junior Eurovision next week. Right, you sent it to me when I was at work, and it, it the link didn't work because it was not, like, it was country-specific. And then I tried it right. again. Uh, you sent it to me, and I, I was going to watch it when I got home, and then I just totally spaced it, so. It's okay. Uh, I, 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 I will preempt it with uh, saying that Junior Eurovision was better than normal Eurovision this year. So that's saying something. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'll check it out right after we get done here. But I think it's time to wrap up unless you got anything else. Nope. Why don't you wrap up the show, Fro? From the hospital. My name is Fro. What's your name? My name is Luke. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. <laughs>